We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. All right, welcome back to Big Screen Sports, the sports movie podcast brought to you by Blue Wire Podcast. I am your host, Kyle Banduho. Quick throwback Thursday for you today. Uh, on Monday, we talked 61 with Andrew Rotondi from Bronx Pinstripes. If you remember, if you've been a longtime listener, we covered Pride of the Yankees uh, last February for Oscars month. Uh, Pride of the Yankees is a movie that Andrew and I, we talked about on Monday's episode with 61 is a movie that is important, but something neither of us will probably ever see again. But it, it did make for a fun episode. Here's a quick clip uh, talking the best scenes from that one. Just figured it'd be a, a good throwback considering I uh, had Andrew on the pod on Monday. Here's his previous appearance. One quick bit of housekeeping before we get to this clip. Uh, next Monday, we are starting the Ted Lasso rewatch on big screen sports. So for the next 10 Mondays, covering season one of Ted Lasso leading up into the July 23rd season two premiere. I have Alex McDaniel, formerly of SB Nation, on for that one. Really looking forward to that. So uh, tune in to Monday's episode covering Ted Lasso, and here's a little throwback clip talking the best scenes of Pride of the Yankees with Andrew Rotondi. Uh, Let's go into best scene. There's not a ton. I mean, there's a lot lot of scenes, but it's all... There's nothing that I'm really like, and again, this is probably one I'm never going to watch again, but there wasn't a whole lot of, you know, oh, this is super rewatchable. I I definitely want to see this again. Uh, I liked when Lou jumped over the table to beat that guy's (laughs) ass for for messing with him, though. That's the only time you ever see him with any sort of aggression whatsoever about anything, the whole movie. Yeah, because his college frat bros were making fun of him for... Um, I guess dancing with a woman and practicing dancing and they were making fun of his shyness. But then at the same time, they were also like, you need to use your talents. You're such a good athlete. So it's kind of like a weird, weird, uh, weird thing, weird vibes that you're getting from those clearly 40 year old actors playing 18 year old kids. Yeah, that's Um, that's one thing I got for for later. There's uh, a very old group of men. So I put so I put I put something for best scene and also scene that I got like the biggest laugh of that wasn't intentional. So best scene I put just the final scene, the the speech I thought because I like think I said yeah earlier, I think that's clearly the best scene for sure. That's that's the best scene. It was it's the most tastefully done and just for the powerful moment that it was really really excellent. People all say that 
I've had a bad break. But today... Today, I consider myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. But do you remember after they won the World Series and they're all on the train ride home and the way, the way that all the players are celebrating is literally beating each other up and ripping each other's clothes off? It was the most manly man thing <laughs> that they could think of. It's like, oh, how do I prove that I'm a man? I know. I need to tear my buddy's shirt off and punch him in the arm a few times. Uh, hilarious. There's a couple other notables that are just like his first game because you get the Wally Pitt mention. That's not really how it happened, but you at least like yeah, at least Wally Pitt facts, gets his due. Facts in the movie. again, the facts again, and that wasn't even Wally Pitt's real injury. It's tough. It's tough, but at least like at least Wally Pitt got mentioned. Not many. They don't really dive into many Yankees. You get you don't even get Bill Dickey's name. You just get his name on the locker, which is why you know that it's him knocking that guy who was talking shit about Lou, which might be my favorite moment of the movie. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I yeah, because, uh, yeah, I don't know. I thought I did think it was going to be more baseball, but thinking about the story at the time, I guess I understand the decision to make it just about his life. But but like then what 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 are you telling about his life? Because you're just painting a perfect picture of this man's life. The only thing where they even give any kind of semblance about what Lou meant to, because it, it's called Pride of the Yankees, but the only time you really get a sense of the player he was and kind of what he actually accomplished on field and meant to the franchise was the when they show the mini montage of all the trophies getting added to his stand and then the photo album montage showing time passing where it shows that Lou was named Captain. And I, I think the title is Pride of the Yankees because he was such a good dude i guess like but it doesn't show a whole lot of what he actually accomplished on field and what he meant to new york besides the just showing hey he's he's a really likable guy yeah and they they have a brief scene of if i think it's a his a dinner scene in which his parents are eating dinner with him and they talk about him about to play in his 2000th consecutive game it's like, oh, how'd we get here? Right. But so that's a mention of, of the Iron Horse streak. But that's really the only mention of it. And, uh, and a, a joking um, a joke towards the beginning of the movie when he first gets in uh, to his first game saying, oh, I think I'm going to be here for a long time or something. I forget the exact quote, but something along those lines. The little wink, wink gag. Yeah. 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 Okay, let's get back to the the most and least authentic sports-centric parts in the film and this is where I've got to really lean on you. You are you already mentioned the the Yankee dugout thing. Did you have anything that was the most authentic to you, especially anything really New York Yankee feeling? Uh Well, no, because Not much they, to pick from. They got it all wrong. And the I'd say the most extended baseball scene was after Lou and Babe promise the sick kid home runs before the World Series game. And then you get like an extended shot of Lou's at-bats. They show like three or four of his at-bats. Is he going to hit the home runs? They show one of Babe Ruth's at-bats. They go to the announcer booth where the guys are going back and forth. Like, is is he going to hit it? Is he not going to hit it? That entire scene is just made up. That never happened. That, that is so, it's so dumb. 
Like, I don't, I, I get it. It's 1940s were a different time. I'm sure people were like, oh, look at that. There was a different way because the whole inspiration for that scene is Lou having the, the, the conversation with the sick kid in the hospital without reporters around, like doing it out of the goodness of his heart. And there's a way for that to be good without, hey, hit two homers for me. That's just not something that happens. It's not, it's not realistic. Right. And they didn't, and they sort of also borrowed it from, I believe, from the Babe Calls a Shot thing. Yeah. Because Babe did the pick your, you know, you can pick where you want it. Right. He says, pick where you want it, left, center, or right. And then he doesn't let the kid answer. And he says, oh, what was that? Center field? Okay. And he runs off. I actually found that kind of funny that they were alluding to that whole called a shot thing. But that didn't happen against the Cardinals in a World Series game. It happened against Chicago, uh, the Cubs in a World Series game. And um, I believe it was the Cubs anyway. And um, the, uh, the, there was, I read uh, some fact on the Amazon facts that they gave me. And at no point did any of those scenarios happen where Lou Gehrig hits two home runs and Babe Ruth one home run in a World Series game in that sequence. So the whole thing is just made up. It just uh, to quote director Sam Wood when he was talking about corning up that the studio wanted to corn up the ending. They kind of corned up the baseball action. Yeah, which is yeah. which is disappointing. But I I have technically for most authentic. Um, besides like Cooper, by all accounts, captured the incredible person that that Lou Gehrig seemed to have been the very nice guy, maybe to a fault. Uh, kind of to the era's credit, the baseball scenes are super mediocre. They wouldn't, they probably wouldn't hold up in the night in a movie in the 1960s or 1970s. Like, think about Bad News Bears. Bad News Bears a hundred times better than this. But in 1942, I was thinking most people probably hadn't seen an MLB game in person. So seeing oh, yeah, that's a, this that's a on point. seeing this on screen in the you know on the projector or at the theater whatever whatever the hell people were doing back then was probably like wow look at that they might have filmed that in an actual game how about that that looks gee that looks swell <laughs> gee willikers that's a really good point yeah because I mean they just maybe listened to a game on a radio. And that's it. So in their mind, this is like, oh, yeah, that's baseball. That looks perfect. We need more of that. (laughs) So so for the time, it was authentic. That's what I think. I mean, maybe maybe people who watched baseball went into that movie and walked out and were like, oh, my, can you believe can you believe this shit that they want us to 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 believe? I guess. (laughs) Well, so it's like was it even was probably fine. Was it even authentic in the beginning of the movie where young Lou hits a ball out of the Sandlot baseball field, but the pitcher never throws the ball, he never makes contact, and then the ball is clearly shot from a cannon left of camera? And over, don't forget Lou's home run fence. at Columbia that had to have gone 800 feet. <laughs> right, right. To, to break that window. Um, for least authentic... I mean, there's a lot to pick from. You, you mentioned the Yankee-specific stuff, but I, I think it's pretty obvious. Like, there is a, I, I mention it all the time on this podcast. There's a sliding scale for how good an actor has to look depicting athletes in the old days, but Gary Cooper crossed that line. He was, he was not good. And he was also like essentially kind of like a walking, how-do-you-do-fellow-kids meme 
for the first half of the movie, he's supposed to be like 20 years old. He was in his 40s. <laughs> yeah. It, it was tough. Well, I also found like there's one scene of Lou Ger- of of Babe Ruth playing catch or warming up for a game and he even he looks unnatural. Even he looks like he's trying to act like he's playing baseball. I think he was in pretty poor health too. I mean, that was a very clearly over the hill Babe Ruth. Extremely over the hill. But he's still the greatest baseball player of all time. He debatable, but you know, I get no, I'm saying mean. like in, in 1942, <laughs> he's the greatest baseball player of all time. Yeah. Yeah. He, um, so, and he didn't even look natural on camera. So I don't know if it's just because it's like, okay, play baseball, but now I'm acting like I'm trying to play baseball. So it obviously is not going to look right. And that's it for today's Throwback Thursday clip. If you like that clip and haven't checked out the Pride of the Yankees episode, it's back on the feed. It's evergreen. Go check it out. If you haven't listened to Monday's episode with Andrew talking 61, check that one out. And tune in on this Monday. We are talking episode one, season one of Ted Lasso. We'll catch you then. Thanks for listening. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.